Hey everyone, this is Stevie Richards. When I'm not doing Stevie Richards Fitness, well actually when I am doing Stevie Richards Fitness resistance band training programs, I like to listen to my friends on the Voices of Misery podcast. They talk about literally everything and anything, some stuff that might offend you. So if you're not easily offended, don't subscribe because they say whatever is on their minds is actually, actually subscribe, subscribe anyway. You might learn something and check them out anywhere you can download and listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, check them out at voicesofmisery.podbean.com. This is the Voices of Misery podcast. This show isn't for the easily offended, so PC Police on Patrol stand by. You've been warned. Now, let's join the Nerd and Nerdette with another podcast for that ass. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the Voices of Misery podcast. Welcome back. We have a special guest today. How excited are you? I'm excited. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you? A million. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our <laughs> special guest from the Hami Media Group. He is the God of Thunder. That's the what he calls himself, the God of Thunder. The one who keeps calling us out. He called us out quite a few times, and we are answering that goddamn request tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, he has a Ph.D. in NXT, and I feel B.A.D. for H.I.M. for having to watch so much wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who he is. The Andrew Bellow. Excellent introduction. I got to say, you Billy Ray Valentine, I hope you're listening. Take notes. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, nerd, nerdette, happy to uh, to be joining you here. Happy to have you guys as a sponsor over at Hamin Media Group. So I'm happy we were able to work this out. I've been I've been listening to a lot of your stuff recently, and um, I'm 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 thinking you're going to crack into my like regular podcast rotation, which I kind of say it's a pretty prestigious honor. So uh, I hope you guys continue to put out the good work that you're putting out, and hopefully we got another one here. Hey man, I you know I, I really appreciate that. Um, we've been listening to you guys for quite a while now, and um, the whole sponsorship thing came as of like I I saw a tweet that came from the Hummy Media Group. Not sure exactly who runs it. I think it's Matt Schaffer. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I listen to these guys. I'm going to support them. And uh, yeah, everything worked out pretty damn good, man. The past two months have been a dream come true. Actually, meeting all you guys, getting to talk to you, and you know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking Very forward cool. to tonight. Yeah, me too. Let's just jump right on in this thing, man. So you've been with Hameen Media for quite a while, right? I have, yeah. It's uh, wow. It's been longer than I probably it it feels like. Certainly, it feels like you know it, it's amazing. I I feel like I also listen to all the shows. So like kind of getting through the rotation and just like thinking about all the episodes that I've been on between Next Level, which I started doing, and then Wednesday Locker Room, and then uh, canceled this for a period of time when I was doing the political stuff. And, um, yeah, it's been a while and it's been a ride, man. It's been really fun. Let me ask you, how did you guys hook up? Like, how did you get into this whole thing? Okay. So I started in podcasting in general through a a small organization called the wrestling world podcast network that was run by a guy named CEO Hayes, who basically is, you know, responsible for all of the things that I've ever said <laughs> because he's the one who kind of got me on and put me out there and got me into this and, you know, just kind of dove head first and me and him um, are, are, are still very good friends. He runs uh, several podcasts, the Breaks Radio and the Awakened Soul podcast, which I do appear on 
from time to time to talk politics and stuff like that. But um, I got tied into Hamid Media Group because Billy Ray Valentine happened to be a mutual friend, um, you know, obviously of Hameen and that whole crew and CEO and CEO knew Hameen. And it was just kind of a, a circle that I just kind of I, I lucked upon. And uh, <laughs> thinking about it now, my life would be so different right now if I hadn't. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So do you have any regrets joining podcasting besides the fact that you have to watch so much goddamn WWE lately, man? It's been pretty goddamn awful. I don't know how you guys do it so much. It has been pretty awful. Uh, I have the good pleasure of covering the only good WWE wrestling, which is the black and yellow brands. So I get to watch NXT UK, which has been a joy to watch that brand kind of, you know, birth and, and flourish and do its thing. And two takeovers later that, you know, they got all these future stars on their hands over there. And uh, it's been fun to watch that. And I've been into NXT for almost as long as NXT's been NXT. I watched the game show. I kind of took a nap on it for a while, as I think most people did. And then as we got to the arrivals and the takeovers and all that kind of stuff early on, uh, I was hooked and have gone to all of the takeovers that have taken place in the Barclays Center, so all five of those, and went to a live discussion panel where I uh, got to, you know, like meet a bunch of, you know, the, the top talent, Triple H, of course, the game uh, and uh, <laughs> Kevin Owens and, uh, you know, Seth Rollins. And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I met them and I got to talk to them for any period of time. We got to take a picture. They talked for a while, kind of shake hands kind of deal. But it was fun. You know, I'm, I'm very tied into the brand and being able to do the NXT um, show is it, it's funny because it's just like the, there's a part of me that that wants to kind of refocus my energy away from wrestling. But that is it's my baby. I love that show. And I've been doing it for at least two, two plus years now, even before Omni Media Group, the next level wrestling podcast was a thing. So it's it's a uh, you know, it, it, it's my baby. Like I said, uh, I, I don't I don't want to uh, I don't I don't want to live in a world where I'm not doing the next level wrestling podcast. I enjoy it, man. And the thing is, is like you guys are really good and you especially have a really good personality for the podcasting because I listen to that next level one and I don't watch NXT. I, I barely watch wrestling at all, but I just listen to it because you, you make it fun and you do an hour or, or more sometimes by yourself, you know, just talking about wrestling. And I, and, and I think it's good, man. You do a really good job with that. Um, for someone who Thanks, doesn't man. watch uh, NXT, like, what would you recommend? Like, what would you tell me to get into, uh, like, in order to introduce me to NXT and become a fan? Uh, honestly, with the, the last couple of weeks would have been a good place to start now because they're moving to USA. But next week, literally next week, and I'm, I'm not shilling, I'm not paid by that NXT or WWE, yada, yada. You want to watch this week on USA Live because it's basically – uh, an NXT takeover level card that they're going to be giving us in that two hours. It's also just so happens to be the beginning of the Wednesday night wars where AEW is going to be on at the same time on TNT. So they're going to be doing, you know, the, the raw nitro kind of thing going back and forth. And it, not just because I'm uh, covering it, but I think NXT is the superior brand, the superior wrestling. And, and obviously AEW has been a very small sample size, but Let's face it, I've chosen my side, so come on over to the black and yellow with <laughs> yours truly, the Andrew Bella. Now, I have a question, because there's a lot of NXT stars that mm -hmm. are, um, they get cheered, you know, they get these huge reactions or whatever, like Asuka, and then they come up, yeah. and the storylines are so horrible that they're, like, pushed to the back burner. They get these huge pops when they come out, and then 
WWE. Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, why does that happen? There are a lot of circumstances where there was there was a period of time where NXT was almost like a like a college course. So you go and strangely enough, they do run out of a college for the most part. And um, they, they kind of have these tiers that you would go through in NXT. You'd come in, you'd have like a first feud. Maybe you joined a tag team for a period of time. Then you won. Uh, you, 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 you got yourself close to a title shot. Maybe you even got one, but you lost. And then eventually you won the title and then you lost the title and then you moved up to the main roster. And like, that was just the formula for everybody. And, you know, obviously not everybody got as far in the process, but eventually you just kind of hit as far as you're ever going to be. And they just say, okay, let's see what you got up on the main roster. And it's not necessarily like a, a fortuitous time for a lot of these guys to come up. It's just like, oh. Uh, Asuka's done everything there is to do in NXT now, so it's time for her yeah. to move up, and and they didn't really have any grand plans. They pushed her for a little while, but only for long enough for Charlotte Flair to beat her, beat her and then she just completely fell by the wayside. So it was almost like that was the, you know, I don't want to say that they had that planned out for three years, but the intention maybe when the call-up came was let's hype her up, put Charlotte over, and then, you know, whatever, as far as Asuka goes. And to this day, that's basically the best description of the booking for her. That's so sad. Because she's awesome. I love her. Now <laughs> she's a she's tremendous. warrior, man. <laughs> but, you know, in, in fairness, too, to the NXT system, I guess, and then WWE and, and the superstars, there have been a lot of people that came out of NXT that no one saw coming. Um, Alexa Bliss was just completely yep. forgotten about in NXT because of the four horse women. And she was kind of always the fifth standing on the outside, never really even got heavily involved with any of those women. I think Bailey for a little bit of time, they had a little bit of a feud and that was sort of it for them. Um, but Elias was hated, loathed. The, the note, like everyone, no one liked Elias coming out of NXT. No one even saw the appeal. It was just like this weird honky-tonk man reboot that no one cared about. <laughs> and he came up to the main roster and everyone just fell in love with him because he, strangely enough, was just calling them terrible people in such a creative way that they fell in love. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> now, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I feel like they cut a lot of guys' balls off when they came up from NXT. Like, you got Bobby Roode, who's, like, to me, him and Samoa Joe are the two biggest ones, man. Like, those guys mm -hmm. are fucking superstars. Shinsuke, like, they all just come up and they're jokes. Rude in particular. I'm so happy you said that one, too, because Roode's run in NXT when he was running on top as the champion there was probably probably my favorite time in NXT, like from the time that he beat Nakamura by like feigning an injury in the middle of the match and then rolling him up and hitting him with a DDT or whatever it was like just the just the very start of the glorious era of NXT was was, you know, it was kind of had had that shock value had that. Oh, my God, no one saw Nakamura losing that title so quickly, especially after going back and forth uh, with it with I think Joe. I think it was just coming out of that feud at that point. Um, so it, it was just, it was something that I could not wait for them to bring him up on the main roster. The guy's 41 years old or whatever it is. He doesn't have that many years left. He looks amazing. Make him a top heel. And he's been anything but, and now he's tag team with Dolph Ziggler, which as far as I'm concerned is a fate worse than death. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I hate that motherfucker. There, you know, there are only a couple wrestlers that I, I mean, and I know one of them is going to piss you off there. Uh, Mr. Bellow. My number one most hated wrestler is the fucking Miz, or the Miz, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you not love the Miz? We are the Miz. We're just not as successful. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's because he looks like Kermit the Frog and Bart Simpson had a kid. Oh, my God. And out Ooh. came this. Uh, now that you said that, I'll probably never unsee it, and I'll be yes. very mad at you for it. Damn you, nerd. I'm shaking the fist and everything. I got um, Howard the Duck. He looks just like Howard the Duck from that 80s movie. Oh. Uh, he would have been a good person to voice as Howard the Duck. That was that was an awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, all right. WWE. You know, if Marvel ever sells off Howard the Duck, get in, get in that game. But <laughs> I'm hoping for the day that the Miz makes a Marvel movie, um, just because they'll have run out of actors at that point, <laughs> and the Miz gets to be like you know henchman number four, um, and that'll be great. Jesus Christ, that'd be awesome. Hey man, so I, so do you want to get off of wrestling here? Oh, absolutely. All right. Yeah, Please, let's go. I talk enough about wrestling. I was just going to say, you talk enough about it. Our fans know that we don't really watch it. We'll do like a pay-per-view prediction episode recap, and then we're done for a while. You're from New Jersey, man. What part of Jersey are you from? I'm from Morris County, I guess. Morris, I'm kind of just bordering on Essex. So I'm right in, in that neck of the woods. Middlesex County here, man. Middlesex County. Okay. Middlesex County. I don't know if you're familiar or not, man. I haven't been back in about 10 years. Does it still smell as bad as I remember? <laughs> oh, my God. Only in, uh, yeah, it depends on where you are, I suppose. There's, part, there's parts of it that, that smell, you know, just just fine and dandy, but well, there's not so much, I guess. Uh, yeah, Newark, uh, New Jersey in general. Um, obviously, I live not, not too far from Newark. That's, I guess, my, my closest point of danger. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is. Cool. Yeah. Does the pork roll still taste the same? Oh, well, first and foremost, sir, it's Taylor Ham. Um, <laughs> they call it Taylor, Taylor Ham. Ham. Here, man, we live in the South. Now. We live in South Carolina. They, they call it Taylor Ham. I always thought we called it pork roll up there. I, I never heard a New Jersey person call it Taylor Ham. Oh, we always called it Taylor Ham. I always shunned people that called it pork roll. And now <laughs> I feel like that's a Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, another one. So how- I'm so sure of it. It's Taylor Ham in my book. Taylor Ham egg and cheese, please, on a hard roll, if you will. Oh, a nice hard Kaiser roll or an everything bagel. That 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 was my shit up there, man. Yeah. Can't go so, wrong. So do you get down with that stuff? Because like the conspiracy horsemen, they're they're really deep into the conspiracies. How far are you willing to deep dive into that stuff before you're like, you know what, that's enough? You know, like this is a little unbelievable. There's virtually no conspiracy I won't at least explore. Like if there's any sort of merit to it or like a friend of mine is like, hey, have you heard this? All right, I'll go check it out. I'll see what's going on there. I mean, I've done I've done some deep dives, hollow earth, flat earth, um, you know, space is really just water. There's there's some crazy stuff out there. <laughs> um, Wait a second. Yeah. Space is just water. Is that what you just said? Space is really just water. Yeah, I guess that goes kind of along the lines of the of the flat earth theory where there's actually a firmament over what would be a flat earth as we float through literally float i guess in this case infinite sea space really said i guess i never heard that one i think the most ridiculous one i've heard is the lizard people that live under the crust of the earth or whatever it is like they've got like some fucking secret society i don't know i'm more worried about yeah i'm more worried about the lizard people who live in Washington, D.C. and in, you know, London. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was just going to kind of segue into that, man. I'm more afraid of the Clintons than anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, Hillary's, you know, she's still creeping. There's, 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 there's like a decent chance that she throws her hat into the ring here and we get a rematch. 
I'm you, down you, for you it personally. So. You really think so? I think she's done, man. Like there, there's no way she's I coming mean, back that last time. If I was doing betting odds right now, she'd be fourth. <laughs> you know, like because it's it's, it's Biden, Bernie, and and Pocahontas, and then there's no one else. Pocahontas is. <laughs> I thought we were gonna call her Pocahonky for a minute because of the whole uh, Pocahonky. <laughs> yes, a fo- uh, what is it? A Pocahontas is another popular one, but uh. <laughs> well, what about Tulsi Gabbard? You think she's coming out? You think she's gonna make it? No, no, no. I don't, well, she didn't even make the last debate, but uh, there is a concerted effort to suppress the support for both Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang, I believe. Um, I actually went as far as to donate a dollar to Andrew Yang's fund just to get my hat name thrown into the hat for the uh, for the, the sweepstakes he's got going on over there. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I think with Tulsi Gabbard in particular, like she's got a, a what a five million dollar lawsuit going against Google right now because they suppressed her ads coming out of the the first debate because she was the most searched person on Google coming out of the first debate, mostly because I'm sure so many people didn't know who she was, but um, she would have, if gun to my head, um, when those first debates came around, if I had to vote for somebody, it probably would be Tulsi Gabbard. Well, the thing about her is like, she's really pretty and she was in the military too. If I'm not mistaken, was she like a Marine or something like that? Yeah. Uh, she's also, you know, a woman of color. So you, you figure she checks enough boxes for the Democrats um, as, as a party to kind of point her in, in towards the top. But she's she's got some kind of radical stances about Middle East policy. She's a bit of an isolationist. So, so you know, the military industrial complex out there is not going to allow somebody like that to, to move their way to the top. And, uh, you know, that there there is a, you know, the, there's a, it's so weird to see somebody who, you know, obviously I have some as a, you know, you know, as a right winger, as a conservative person, I have varying differences on her as far as policy, but as far as kind of like demeanor and um, just overall kind of like reasonability uh, amongst that field, to me, she would have been like the front runner going into all of this. And sure. she's obviously kind of pitted off. Now, like, I have no idea where I land on the political spectrum because I used to be a Democrat, right? And I used to consider myself, you know, on the left. And it seems like ever since Trump got into office, a lot of people have been switching sides, myself included. I just think they're batshit crazy, man. What the hell happened? Can, can, can you tell me what the fuck happened to the left, dude, that drove everybody away? It, it's a combination. I mean, I guess it goes back to Obama in a way in that there was just – I mean – and everybody kind of looks at the media now as being like these, these ravenous animals that just like pick apart every little detail of everything. They weren't doing that for like eight years. Like everybody just kind of took a nap. And it wasn't that like Obama was like doing all this super evil, devious shit. I mean, maybe he was. I, I don't have any proof of that. But uh, I don't believe, you know, his policies were overall good for the country and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think they instead of covering some of his 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 suppression of the, the, the recovering economy. In addition, you know, through regulations and taxes, Obamacare, which I think at this point everyone can admit is a disaster because even the Democrats are calling for a change to it, a a drastic one at that. So, I mean, there's there's really no question at this point that Obamacare is not the best system to move forward. And we only took about eight years to figure that out. Um, So to to me, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is the stuff that they should have been reporting on. And then. You throw just the bomb in the middle of it, and his name is Donald Trump, and he's legitimately driven these people crazy. Like when folks joke about TDS, uh, 
Trump derangement syndrome, for those of you unaware. Um, that's a real thing. Like there are people out there who have just been absolutely driven crazy by it. And a lot of them work in major media companies and work on the Hill as you know representatives. We've seen more enough examples of that at this point. And I think what they think, because there's two realities now in America, there's like the one where like everything's okay. And then there's the other one where like everything's on fire. They live in the one where everything's on fire. And they think because everybody's so desperate to put this fire out, they can say whatever they want and they'll get elected because people hate Trump so much that they can just they can say all the crazy things that they've always wanted to say but could never say out loud. This is the same mistake that the Democrats made with John Kerry uh, going into Bush W. Bush's second term where everyone thought and assumed that the media, which was trouncing Bush on a daily basis and rightfully so to a lot of degrees, um, you know, coming out of 9-11, there was still that kind of patriotic buzz. He, you know, he kind of allowed it in one hand, but I guess at the same time also, you know, as far as a lot of people were concerned, handled it well and worked, um, you know, obviously with the wars and all that sort of stuff. Like there, there was a there were the people who were just like, yeah, all right, this is kind of what we got to do. And there were the people who were obviously just anti-war at all costs. And uh, they thought that there was enough of an anti-Bush sentiment that they can just push out there anybody that they wanted. They picked the least charismatic man in America, and he ended up losing the election by a sliver. Um, so they're going to do the same thing in 2020. It's like almost guaranteed Pocahontas, Biden, Bernie, doesn't matter. It's uh, going to be Buttigieg as the vice president, no matter which one of them wins. And uh, Trump's going to win. Well, <laughs> like that's just well, don't comes forget about Beto, man. Don't forget about Beto. Beto, if, if Beto is even involved in in our governmental process in any way, shape, or form moving forward, I'm I'm scared for all of us. Was so was that a good Beto work? That was a pretty good be Beto, bro. It's, yeah, you know we're gonna hell yes we're gonna come for your guns. It's kind of like. <laughs> So you sound like Keanu like, Reeves a little bit. Yeah, he's got a little Keanu, a little <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> There's someone that sounds like that. Get in the elevator. Oh my god. <laughs> you, wait, wait, weren't you gonna say something, hon? Oh, I don't remember what the hell I was gonna say. You were gonna talk about Obamacare because that because that really fucked oh, us over. Yeah, that really fucked us over. The reason why I don't like it, well, we didn't like it because back in the day, um. Like, we kept getting slammed on our taxes every year. Every year we had to pay more, and we don't go to the doctor, ever. Like, we're not a burden. Like, I can break my leg, and I, my ass will sit here and heal on my own. I don't need to go just to the hospital. Some, just pour some beer on it, that's all. You'll be all right. Like, I don't know. Like, we were getting slammed, and I think mm -hmm. finally you were able to get, the nerd here was able to get insurance through work. But man, that sucked every year. So basically, like what they were doing was making us pay for something that we never needed, and, and we're not burdens right. on, on you know the hospitals. I know people personally that are like older, and they'll go to the hospital if they have a fucking cough or if they have a runny nose. They'll go to the doctors, and they're sitting there going for free, and we're paying for it. And yeah. it's, it, it just wasn't fucking fair, dude. Like we were getting hit every year. We're getting slammed higher so and higher. Those fees. people, like I don't get it. That was the beginning of our descent to the right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now answer me this because it's sort of got to be a descent. It's it's a it's an it's an it could be an ascension. I mean, come on, let's face it. We know what's going on over there. It's crazy over there. Come on are, over here. We're okay. Are, are, are We're not really Nazis. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you play video games? I feel like we leveled up actually. You know, like I feel like we leveled oh, up. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. I see it. So, so you are a conservative now. I don't know if I consider us conservatives because we're not religious, and I know a lot of religious, um, you know, like base is, is is what 
is the foundation of uh, conservatives of conservatism. Mm-hmm. Like, like I listen to Dana Lash, I listen to Ben Shapiro, and all those guys from the Daily Wire, and a lot of them they talk about God, God, God. We're not believers in God, so are, are we conservatives? You know, we really do lean right on most subjects, just not the God part, I guess, of it. Okay, well, I'm I'm more or less in the same boat with you. I grew up uh, Roman Catholic. I was. Uh, you know, baptized and, you know, whatever did my was confirmed, I guess, if you're familiar with all this terminology. And then I more or less just left the church when I was like in high school. So um, never really went back. My daughter's been baptized, but that's, you know, like maybe one of three times I've been in a church since my confirmation. Um, so I'm, I'm sort, sort of in the same boat. Having said that, because I was raised the way that I was raised, I do have a certain set of values that I think while I identify with them as Roman Catholic, I think can be more broadly identified as kind of just general, a, a moral code separate from the Bible, right? Like it, it's do unto others, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think that those kind of, you know, and I hate to use this necessarily terminology because people think it's some sort of dog whistle, but like, you know, Western Judeo-Christian values that I think, you know, a lot of people share whether or not they've necessarily been touched directly by religion. I think a lot of those norms were, were formed by religion. And while I have my issues with modern religions, uh, uh, many of them, if not all of them, um, you know, I think at one point they did serve that purpose to kind of create the stories that formed people's moral compass and they worked for a while and then things went awry as they always do when power is involved. Um, so I I think with conservatism, I mean, I, I use that sort of as a blanket term. I'm maybe libertarian as, as a quick quip. I often say I'm about three steps to the left of anarchy. Um, I think, (laughs) I think we should have is, you know, pretty much widespread and, and unwavering individual freedoms. I think we should have an incredibly small government, particularly on the federal level. If it was important to me, if it was up to me, rather, your most important politician in your life would be your mayor because you can go knock on his door and be like, what the fuck? Um, right. You know, just bringing that power down to the to the people and to, to those levels. I'm uh, more extreme than than even a state's rightist. I wish we can kind of live in a world where counties and cities were independently operating unto themselves. And, you know, uh, oh, it's America. It's a big place. There'll be different sets of rules all over the place. And you, you know, kind of settle where your moral code lies. And, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a dumpster fire over by Vegas. But other places, you know, it'll be a little <laughs> bit more quaint. <laughs> hey, man, I've, I, I must apologize to you, Mr. Andrew Bello, because I did not ask you your preferred pronoun before we started the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that shit, man? <laughs> I was watching the I, video today and it was just ridiculous. I, <laughs> when I see them on profiles, whether they be social media or like even like dating apps, like I'm flipping <laughs> through like Tinder, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is single life, folks. I'm flipping through Tinder and I see like this really hot girl and I look down and I see like she, her, and I'm like, nope. No, <laughs> like, absolutely not. There's no way I, I can't have a conversation with that girl. Like, are you kidding me? I'll melt that girl's brain. It'll seep out of her ears. And then who's going to clean that up? <laughs> so they wait. That's on Tinder. and that, It's seriously? fucking everywhere, man. I thought people were just saying it. I didn't realize it was on social media too. Now, yeah, on some I people, mean, it makes me. It makes me immediately wonder whether or not they actually are a she/her, or if they're just a crazy liberal who's not a she/her. Well, <laughs> it's hard to. Uh, this world is going to hell. So wait, you mentioned you have a daughter, right? How, how old is I your daughter? Do. If you don't mind us asking. 
Oh, my daughter is 11. I think you so guys have an 11-year-old as well, right? Yeah. You have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. Okay. Um, did you – I don't know if you caught the episode. Were we talking to Matt Schaffer about it? Uh, yeah. I yep, think yep, so. Yep. Where our 11-year-old daughter came home and said that her friend – what what the hell did she say? She, she said that she identifies. Yeah, she 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 doesn't have a gender or some shit like that. And I'm and like, I'm wait like, a second. She's 11 years old, dude. Like, what the fuck is happening? How is how do you even know about that at 11? Like, I don't. Oh my god. Do you think we have a way out of this, Mister Bellow? Trump? No, I'm kidding. Trump's only going to drive this this thing even crazier. As much as as much as I love him, and I think he's he's fighting the good fight. I think he's also a lightning rod for this sort of crazy. So this is this is you know they're they're bringing out all the hounds like they're coming out of the woodwork with the craziest possible ideas as to how to make people out to be bigots and you know they, they they blur the line on all this sort of stuff like if you don't recognize she her as a she her you're a bigot how dare you you shouldn't even exist and they demonize and otherwise while claiming that they are themselves being demonized and otherized it's it's a perpetual cycle of political and social nonsense I just don't no, think... I guess we can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah, see, I just don't like the fact that it's trickling down to the kids. Yep, it, that's, oh, yes. my, that's my It's being problem. taught in schools now, and in some schools, not all schools, but some schools are teaching this shit now. So if, okay, so, God forbid, Trump loses this election, right? He needs to stay <laughs> president forever, for life, God Listen, if I'm a Democrat... more than ready to king him, yeah. If, a Democrat gets in there. <laughs> King, Emperor. Will all this crap stop because Trump is out? That's my question. Or is no, it it'll get even worse. It'll become law. Yeah, see, and no, that's, that's where it gets dangerous. Yeah. <sighs> Honestly, what I, I just said should be the Trump 2020 campaign. It's, it's like you, the, all this crazy you guys see and you think doesn't touch you anymore, that'll become law if I lose in 2020. <laughs> Yeah, no. The thing is, like, you have a daughter, we have two daughters, and it's like, I don't want my daughter going to the bathroom in the same place some guy is mm-hmm. peeing next to her with a fucking wig on and, like, fake tits. You know what I mean? It's just it's just crazy, dude. Like, who who wants a urinal in a woman's bathroom, you know? Like, they're, they're trying to do all these weird fucking <laughs> ideas. And it's like, I'm down with, you know, people that have genuine mental illness and they think that they're a woman, but keep that shit separate, man. You know what I mean? Like, just give them their own transgender bathroom. Why do they have to have a woman's bathroom? No, no, I thought they were supposed to share, like, a unisex bathroom or some shit. And that's what you're trying to do. They try to pass it in North Carolina where, like, where, like, they can go in the woman's bathroom because they identify as a woman, even though they have man parts. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was a controversy for a while. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. I mean, it. It, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, uh, look, as as and this is where it's sort of funny to me that all this this hate mongering and all this kind of stuff goes on is like as a conservative, a libertarian, somebody who's three steps to the left of anarchy. I, I don't care what you want to be like. It doesn't affect me. Be be who what whatever it is you want to be you want to be, you know, like a dolphin. Cool. Like be a dolphin. I'll call you. I'll call you flipper. And that's fine. Like I'm com- totally cool with it. But like when it starts affecting like my kid and my yes. trying to teach her norms, uh, yes. I ask my daughter like once every like three months, I would say is like, Logan, how many genders are there? And she says two. And I go, OK, I think we're good. And then oh, that's- my God, you're, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. you're so lucky. I don't know what is happening, but like it, it makes me like and I love my kids to death, man. I will do anything for them. But I'm like, what the hell did we bring them into? Because this wasn't going on back then. 
Yeah. I don't know what their adulthood life is going to be like. I'm like scared to death. This is horrible. That at 11 years old, nine years old, that they know all this crap already. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, they do. They know this sort of stuff, but the fact that they're being exposed to it, I, I mean, look, it's it's unfortunate, but sometimes, you know, so we in order to do the right thing, we kind of got to be assholes about it. And you know, no, that's not the way it is. Yes, I will go talk to your teacher. You know, like that's yeah. unfortunately where we're going to have to go. And hopefully, the kids as they grow up and they see this nonsense for what it is, they just turn around and they go completely hard the other way. And back to normalcy, basically what we now know is normal. I would hope. <laughs> Let's I mean, hope, man. It's it's just it's just fucking insane to me though how like we're going down this strange path now where fucking like the most insane shit from like twenty years ago is now becoming the norm, you know? And I don't understand like why do the Democrats? How the fuck do they have so much power in the media where they can just make any ridiculous bullshit acceptable to the masses? You know, like. These it's people, crazy. how is this possible? The Republicans are in power, you know, like they've like, you know, their guy's the president. Why is this shit allowed to happen? Why is or like, why are they allowed to do witch hunts against Trump and accuse him of all this shit? And why do they have control of the media? It's 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 basically like a three pronged attack that is constantly beating you over the head with liberalism. And that would be um, obviously the Democrats, but really more broadly, like uh, even the Republicans in D.C., in my opinion, are practically Democrats. Like they have no fiscal conservatism whatsoever in their bones, despite the fact that that's all that every single one of them campaigns on is we got to cut this. We got to cut that. No one ever cuts anything because it just turns into a guilt trip ultimately at the end of the day for even the Republicans on the Hill uh, where, oh, you want to cut Medicare? Oh, you want to cut Social Security? Like, you know, it, all of a sudden they turn people again. They turn them into monsters when in all, you know, in reality, what they're trying to do is stop a crumbling system from crumbling so that more people can get benefits somewhere down the line. And um, then the second prong of all that is obviously the media. There's five or six companies that own all of major media, basically, or 90 plus percent of it. And five of those six push nothing but liberalism basically uh you know constantly around the clock they work in cahoots with not only one another but members on the hill and for that matter as it turns out the intelligence community as we're finding out more and more of um and then that third prong is really the most dangerous one of all and it's it's one we all know exists and we even talk about it but we don't fully give it its due and that's hollywood everybody in the movies Going out there, the the Emmys is just a big fucking climate change circle jerk every year. Like, it's just, my God, like, I get it. You guys really care. But when are you actually going to do something about these things? Because even the propositions that you're, you know, things that you're proposing to try to fix these problems when analyzed by even a fifth grader turn out to not to be counterproductive to what you claim your cause to be. So uh, on a lot of these issues, it's always, you know, they, 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 oh, you don't want you want AR-15s on the street. You must want kids to die. Oh, you want this. You must, you know, you might. Oh, you, you don't want women to choose. And it's like, no, it's just kind of like babies. Like, you know, like there's 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 opinions that go both ways on it. But they always make the one out to be not only wrong, but reprehensible. Are there any television shows that you watch now that politics have kind of bled into? Like we, we were watching Orange is the New Black the, the last season. And oh my god, it was so ridiculous. Like the whole season was about immigration and trying to get all these people back to Mexico. And it was so annoying. Like it took up the whole season. 
Do you, is there yeah. any show that you watch that like stupid stuff like that is coming into? Most of them. I mean, yeah. like most of the stuff I watch, unfortunately, I'm kind of like a, I'm a big Marvel comic show movie geek. Um, I, I just watch all that kind of stuff. So obviously that whole franchise is now being infiltrated by all this sort of, um, you know, not, not to like make it sound like it's a bad thing inherently, but like the, the emphasis on, on representation over, you know, just good storytelling at the end of the day, like all these sort of rumors about, you know, this character is going to be gay and this character is going to be Asian and this character is going to be a gay Asian and this character is going to be a gay Asian Jew. And they, you know, they just add all this stuff on and it, instead of just like, you know, casting Keanu Reeves, cause he's the best actor available, they're going right. to go out of their way to do all this other sort of wacky stuff. And again, I don't think representation is inherently a bad thing. I just think when it becomes the priority over good storytelling, good production, you know, all that sort of stuff, it, it becomes problematic for a franchise. Uh, but even like some of the TV shows, I watch Jessica Jones. I, I love that show. When it was on Netflix, Kristen Ritter's awesome. The character's great. But even like the first season before it kind of got touched by all the SJW-ish kind of stuff, she was like a super empowered, strong woman, um, you know, victim beating, you know, c coming back to kill her rapists and all this kind of stuff like it. It was intense and it was great. And, and and I never at any point felt like I was being beaten over the head by like a feminist agenda. By season three, it was like completely off the rails. Like everything was just about, you know, like all, all this woman who hates corny stuff is doing nothing but like dropping these like corny feminist one liners to end scenes. And it was just, man, what happened to this show? Why couldn't they just keep it the way it was? And then after the fact, be like, hey, look at this awesome powerful female character that people should look up to despite the fact that she's got a drinking problem and a foul mouth. Now, how do you feel about certain things like, um, like a Thor is now a woman. Uh, you've got Don't even get me started on that one. That one... <laughs> I'm a huge comic book fan and, and like, we're going to get into that, you know, soon. But I mean, you've got like Thor is now a woman. You've got, you know, like a black version of Spider-Man. You've got black Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl You've got like all these different things that are happening and there's like forced lesbian relationships and all this other shit. It's like my whole thing. And we got into a little bit of trouble because we had an episode where we talked about Ariel, the little mermaid, and we didn't say anything about it more or less like, why do they have to change the race of this character? Why can't they just make a new character? You know, like, wouldn't you think like, uh, they'd be more empowered if like you made like a new black princess or a new Chinese princess, instead of taking one that was white and train changing their nationality. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. it's just weird. Yeah, it is weird. And and it's funny because like in Marvel in particular, like obviously this is all over the place in the comics over the course of the history. A lot of it has to do with the multiverse. So it's like, yeah, there's a million spider people, but that's because there's just all different circumstances going on in all those different worlds for the most part. Um, like actually, weirdly enough, one of my favorite comic characters is Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider now, as they're calling her. So, um, you know, while she is basically everything that, you know, we're kind of describing is, is sort of being wrong with, I guess, the tokenization of these characters um, from Peter Parker to a Miles Morales, a Gwen Stacy, a, a, a Peter Porker. All these different things got going on. <laughs> Peter Porker's the best. Um, but it, Spider Pig is great uh spider ham i'm sorry uh but uh, yeah right. so but uh there, there are ones that are really handled well and almost makes sense like she hulk we're gonna get she hulk in the mcu i guess coming up in the that's disney right. plus service and i think that's one of the characters that's done really well she's her own thing 
Jennifer Walters is like a badass, super smart, like, you know, very, you know, wily lawyer lawyer type. Yeah, she's going to have she's going to have, you know, her own thing unto herself, far different from Mark Ruffalo. She's not just girl Hulk. She's a different person unto herself who just happens to have these powers. So it'll be it'll be fun. That's a transition I'm looking forward to. Yeah, well, speaking of transition, I got a transition for you. And it, and it also has to do with Hollywood. Um, did you see the roast of uh, Alec Baldwin and how they got rid of uh, – they, they basically destroyed uh, – what the hell, Bruce Jenner? What, what the hell Caitlin, is oh, no. Jenner? Yeah, Caitlin And it Jenner. was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I didn't see this. No, Alec, Alec Baldwin. This was the Alec Baldwin roast, but they were making fun of Caitlyn Jenner. Well, you know how they had the dais, right? Caitlyn Jenner was on the dais, mm-hmm. and every single person just obliterated Caitlyn or Bruce, whatever the hell you want to call it. Oh, it was so good. But he, I said he, she was a good sport. He, and like, no, you're not wrong. Or whatever. But, oh, my God, you have to go and watch it. It was so yeah. good. Do yourself a favor and watch it. The best line was, here's a spoiler alert, people I haven't seen it yet. There's one really good joke where they said, you know, Bruce Jenner was on the Wheaties box. And they said that was back when people could eat and look at you at the same time or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, what good. happened to comedy, man? Whatever happened to comedy, dude? Like, people can't take a fucking joke anymore. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm happy to see that we're getting kind of a resurgence, right? Like, with the last two big comedy specials that came out with Chappelle and Bill Burr, is that there's, yes. there's going to be people who push back and... Um, not that I'm necessarily a comedian per se, but when I'm on, you know, doing the podcast and all that kind of stuff, like I've always just wanted to say the most outlandish shit I could possibly say within the realms of reasonability. I try to leave everybody walking away from a week of, of hashtag WLR with like, damn, like what did Bello just ask for Braun Strowman to beat up a 16 year old girl? Yeah, I did. Um, so, <laughs> and I'll do it again, damn it. But, uh, yeah, I always, you know, just pushing those boundaries and saying just silly stuff because that's at the end of the day, what I'm doing is saying silly stuff for the sake of it being silly and people hopefully getting some level of enjoyment out of it. So when comedians get ripped on for doing that kind of stuff, like it kills me. I'm like, well, what, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> like, right. They, that's their job. They look at, they, they, yeah, well, now they look at comedians like Colbert and Kimmel, who they're not comedians anymore. They're political activists. So they, they you know, they you, not only are you not supposed to not be funny, but you're supposed to go out there and have a message. Like there's this recent yeah. special Nanette or whatever it is. It's like not even a comedy special. And it wins all these comedy awards because wokeness, I suppose. Like that, like, and, and now people that listen to our podcast know how much I hate this next person I'm going to ask you about. Oh. I hate this cunt, Alyssa Milano, man. Oh, How do you God. feel about her, dude? She's the most annoying bitch, I think, on Twitter and in the planet Earth. She might be the most annoying person. How do yeah. you feel? I, I think I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, there was a period of time where I was trying desperately to get engage her in some sort of back and forth on Twitter where she was like, I don't know, recently she said some nonsense about like, she was happy she had two abortions, which is like, look, I mean, like, feel about it how you want to feel about it, being happy about it. I think that kind of makes you a little sick, but neither here nor yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that whole that whole story. And I was like, really just going after her on Twitter every day. And then she, she wouldn't engage, unfortunately. But she did have a she had like a gun debate recently with Ted Cruz. Yeah, like an hour. People <laughs> the debate for her, right? It was just yeah, she brought. Yeah, she brought basically in like two like lawyers or representatives for anti-gun, whatever it was. And then Cruz. Yeah. Still, yeah, obviously more than held his own because he knows what he's talking about. He's also from Texas, so he's not backing down 
and on guns. Um, and and it was just such a like, why? Why do we live in this world where Kim Kardashian is pushing prison reform and Alyssa Milano is debating senators on gun rights? Like, like why? <laughs> why? And and the funny thing about these people on on the left is like they fight violence with more violence. You know what I mean? Like they sit there and get so passionate, and Antifa will go out there with like socks that have like bricks in them and swing them around and just go with the intention of beating the shit out of people, you know, like them proud boys and all shit. Like they go there and they go to fight. It's like the weirdest shit. Yeah. It's, this gets back to almost my, my, my dichotomy of like one people, one group of us live in the regular world and some of them live in the world where everything's on fire. So when Ben Shapiro shows up to speak at Berkeley university, they think Hitler's there to march, you know, the Nazis down down the center of the campus and, you know, round up all the liberals. That, that's obviously far from the case. And but because they've painted this picture in their mind about all this sort of stuff, they feel that they're justified in wearing black masks and hitting people in the head with bike locks. Like that's that's yeah. a, that's a reasonable course of action for these folks. They've driven themselves so mad. Now I I don't know whether it's a he him or a zezer or a she shim <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um I can assure you that it's probably unemployed like if this is the lifestyle that they're living. So I mean at the end of the day like I I think everybody's vote matters and voice matters, but at the end of the day some people don't matter and those are those people. <laughs> I think the most irritating thing about the left besides, you know, fighting violence with even more horrific acts of violence is the fact that they make it a point to go for the ethnic vote. And it's like they almost like make the people that are trying to get vote for them feel insignificant. You know, like, oh, we're going to go to these horrible areas like we're going to go do to uh, Detroit. We're going to go to Newark, New Jersey. We're going to save the poor from themselves because they can't do it. So we're going to swoop in and save them. And by doing so, we're going to give them more welfare, more money. And give them more to keep them down, if that makes sense. Yeah, and now, now it's all we're we're kind of hit the singularity with that, right? Where the Democrats have somehow claimed a uh, uh, claimed kind of a, a stake on every subsection minority any group of people that isn't basically like white folks, like everybody else. They try to pull up under the rug. Oh, you're gay, cool, come over here. Oh, you're black, awesome, come on over here. Oh, you're you're Muslim, great. Get under the tent. Oh, you're a Caesar? Sure, why not? Like, you know, and they just pull everybody in. It's sort of like what Chappelle was talking about in his special with the LGBT community, where all of them have very different interests, but because they have something relatively sort of in common, they kind of get lumped together and have to work as a pack. Well, the Democrats have had to do that over time. Um, I've I, you know, it, it started, I guess, predominantly with the with the with the black vote when that became, you know, part of you know legislation blacks were allowed to vote here then they immediately latched on to that group of people oh look you know we're, we're trying to help you now um even though you know white hood's still in the closet from last week but neither here nor there and, and um you know they, they got this whole thing going on where now they they've adopted that front on every like i said every minority and then the women's issues now are, are supposedly like a democrat thing um they just try to claim every little group that they can but like i said it's backfiring now because Who's more important than who? Because at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, trans issues collide with gay issues or black issues, you know, collide with Asian issues or, you know, Jewish issues collide with Muslim issues. And, and it's now, OK, but who's most important? And they've created this intersectional um, hierarchy, basically. So, like, if you're uh, if you're like, oh, if you're like a trans person or like a woman of color, like, like you're at the way tippy top, you can pretty much stab somebody in the middle of Times Square you, as long as you say 
you were under duress of some sort, like you're good. You're probably going to get off. Um, <laughs> but uh, you just you make some sort of political statement surrounding it. That's that's the key. Um, but, you know, I did this because Trump drove me crazy. Fine. You're off now. Um, but then if, if you're, you know, if you're like a white male, a straight white male, you are at the absolute bottom of that hierarchy. And I'm not complaining because, frankly, anybody who believes in this system, I don't care about their opinions anyway. Um, but this this is just kind of the lay of the land now. And you've got them sort of eating their own. And it's, oh, this person's out there speaking for LGBTQ rights. And then this person's like, ah, they didn't use the right pronouns. And ah, they didn't allow me to use the bathroom. And and then it's just it, it's piranhas, basically. It's just a big tank of political piranhas. Well, what is up with white people hating being white nowadays? Like you see on the news, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I fucking hate white people. And it's like fucking the whitest white guy of all white guys sitting there saying that you toxic whiteness, white privilege. And it's like, dude, you're white. Shut the fuck up. You know, like, who, who the hell are you fighting for? What the fuck is going on, man? Uh, I, you know, I would be ashamed of my, my white. I don't understand what is happening. That I don't know half of the stuff that you're talking about. Well, you don't pay attention to Twitter, honey. Obviously, <laughs> I need to start dialing it in or something. You let the man answer the question. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. No, there are, in fact, and there, there are people out there who believe, like, they, they have what's called white guilt. And they believe in a thing called white privilege, which, which you know, exists in certain sects, but as do many other privileges in various other settings. Like, to, to claim that white privilege in and of itself is, like, this golden ticket it, is obviously sort of silly. But, um, you know, they're... There are, you know, there are situations where it's, you know, it's better to be a person of color. There are situations where it's better to be a gay person or a woman or whatever the case may be. It's just, it's, it's a matter of circumstance more than anything else. Um, but they, the, the white guilt thing is just hilarious to the point to where like there was a t-shirt going around uh, on the internet for a while that just said, it's okay to be white. And oh people, my like God. lost their minds about it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. But it's like you almost have to be a hater of your own race if only if you're white. About? You have to be. And if you and if you're proud, like let's just say, like, you know, like a black person puts up the fist and you're like, Yeah, black pride. If a white person does that, they're they're gonna get chased the fuck out of town, man, you know? I'm like excited. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I mean, I guess I would be guilty about my whiteness if, in fact, I ever considered it for a second. Like, until until somebody, like, would tell, start to tell me about, like, race issues being, like, a big deal. Like, I mean, yeah, there was a certain level of a period of time where I was blind to it because I didn't just grow up in, like, super white suburbs. But um, once that sort of stuff came, like, I didn't need it explained to me. But, again, I just never really was like, um, I'm a white person. I'm, you know, everything's dandy for me. Like, I sure <laughs> fucking wish that was the case. Um, you know, but the, there are people out there that, like, they feel terrible that their great grandfather might have held a slave, and it's like I'm sure my great grandfather oh, did terrible things over in Italy or over in Hungary, but I ain't responsible for that shit. Like you know, at the end of the day, um, and they, you know, now there's so much so that there are Democratic nominees or you know candidates that are running on the idea of reparations, oh, of shit. actually taking money out of people's pockets today to give to you know, I guess descendants of slaves. There, you know, there's. There's I, I, where does the line end? Do we pay off the Native Americans? Do we do we then go back, you know, go even farther than that? Do I have to now go back to Europe and like pay people off for shit that my family may have done? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, it's it, it's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. You know what? I, I think the families of of the L.A. Rams have to pay off the families of the New Orleans Saints for robbing them of the Super Bowl last year. That horrible fucking call in the playoffs. Did you see that shit? You a sports fan at all, Andrew? Um, you know, I, I spent so little time watching sports. These is, I, I grew up such like a mega fan, like giants, devils, um, you know, Mets are still pretty much the only team that I follow 
all closely. Yeah. All there right. you go. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I did. I didn't really catch much of of that big play last year. I really don't watch it on purpose for for political reasons. I don't watch the NFL, so <laughs> I try to keep away from it. Fair enough. Speaking now, speaking of political, when are you going to bring back your show, man? Cancel this pod. Uh, well, cancel this pod is dead and buried. Um, I had to just, you know, the body was decaying, so I had to do something about it and um, buried it out of the backyard. It's it's gone. It's it's far far away. So basically, like the the situation was, um, I was doing the show. It was, in my opinion, rolling along pretty good. Numbers were going up. I was having a good time, getting a lot of feedback. It was fun. Um, and and then my boss found out about it, uh, which I told him about. I wasn't like trying to hide it from him. Honestly, I don't. While what I say is sort of outlandish, nothing I'm saying I think is controversial to the point of controversy of wide scale. Like I'm not going to go viral because of anything I said is like super racist or sexist because that's just not what I do. Um, you know that kind of deals. But he was like worried about. Um, you know, some of the just even the more conservative thoughts being pro-life, being pro-gun, being, you know, all the, the things that come along with with my ideologies uh, um, that some of our potentially more liberal um, leaning customers in the event that they were to Google me might see these things. So, oh, my God. Uh, and, and I like my boss a lot. So I don't put the onus on him. He's trying to protect his business. He's just kind of like, we're an upstart. I, he's taking me under his wing, teaching me stuff, paying for licensing for a lot of things. Like, I I got a good situation there. So I'm not, like, you know, trying to get after him. Honestly, he could have probably just fired me because the episode he listened to was particularly edgy. Um, so I, I can imagine where... <laughs> He wanted to just yeah, just rambled on about, I don't know, like fat people and trans people for about 20 minutes, I think, in that episode. So, um, <laughs> but, um, and, and, and that was the one, of course, that he decided to listen to. So I will eventually in the not too distant future, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I've got I've got a date in mind, as a matter of fact, for my re-release and I'll start doing hype videos on my Twitter account for that account. So it's at canceled a pod at this point. Uh, get subscribed now because on that date I will probably change it to whatever the name of the new project is, um, and I'm I'm gonna do it under a pseudonym, kind of kind of like several of the guys over on Hami Media do, and uh, not, I'm not gonna tell you which ones though. You guys got to figure that out. Uh, oh, and uh, well, one of them's coming to America soon, isn't he? Um, wink, wink. <laughs> Billy Ray Valentine, man. <laughs> oh, did that give that it away? It. Yeah. Sure. You didn't. You guys didn't think that was his real name this whole time. Damn, I was. Uh, it took me a while <laughs> until I figured it out. So now I'm sort of ashamed. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna be doing something under another name, whatever it may be. I don't want to necessarily give it out now because that sort of defeats the purpose. Um, but it'll be out, and it'll probably be on Hami Media as well, in addition to my own platform, which will be announced at that time, I suppose. Very smart, because we go by the nerd and nerdette for a reason, and we've never mm -hmm. once been on camera, because we say some fucked up shit, man. And uh, we, we, We're good, though. We've only gotten in trouble one that one time. Yeah, That's and it, it was only because one person didn't like one thing that we said and caused a big so, fuss. I mean, it, what, was, we, it, what was the thing? Or is that what you were talking about? The, the whole Little Mermaid thing, how we were uh, like, okay. Why, bigger black? One, why couldn't they create a new character? One lousy freaking thing. And it just, I don't know what the hell happened. It caused, it caused an uproar. For like a week. So, <laughs> the things that will trigger people. Like, you know, with all the old, more important issues going on in the world, the little mermaid is that button you can't push. <laughs> well, it's not just that. I mean, it's a, like, I think it was also the fact that we also said, like, what if they took, um, what the hell is Mind the... Mind McFly. No, no, like the princess and the frog chick. Uh, what if oh. they turn her white? 
And uh, yeah, they're like and I fucking said, like Mandy Moore player or some shit. And I said that I didn't agree with that if they did that. But like, <laughs> I still like apparently that wasn't good enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. I've uh, been I on my workout was... regimen. I'm hoping to be cast as Black Panther one day. I'm thinking. I think go. we're gonna pull this off, guys. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna write you in. <laughs> Let the world burn, baby. Black That's Panther. gonna be. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, if, like, let's just say hypothetically in some alternate universe, if that stuff is true, and you got to play Black Panther, that would there would be an outrage, the likes you have never seen before. Mm-hmm. Why is this white guy taking our culture, cultural appropriation, blah, 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 and it's like, wait a second. But there's been nothing. 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 We're, 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 suppo- we're, like, we're supposed to like these other changes. Apparently it's just us, so. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. What the fuck, man? It was the cultural appropriation thing cracks me up because it's like we live in a like especially like here in the states it cracks me up because it's like we live in a melting pot guys like we're exactly. supposed to melt we're supposed to adopt each other's cultures and appreciate them and recognize them i always laugh when uh <laughs> my old job um i had a guy who walked uh, my, one of my managers walked in one day because we had just hired a new guy and sure enough he happened to be black and he was like the only black guy in the office and this guy my manager is a super lib so he walks over and he's like, hey, you know, and like within the first like five sentences of introducing himself, he mentions just casually that he happens to be colorblind. And uh, I was just I look I looked over at my at my now new friend, James, and I like just threw my hands up in the air and I was like, you know, kind of mouth to him like, really? <laughs> and he just broke out laughing because it's just like come on dude how over the top do you need the virtue signal and how blatantly like anyone with two brain cells to rub together can see what you're doing there and how you know transparent it is um so yeah that sort of stuff is like hilarious to me uh i'm not colorblind i i see color i just don't give a shit uh it doesn't doesn't affect my day whatsoever what color you are who you love what you do just just don't screw with my general world and we're gonna be okay pretty much like my whole philosophy as long as you leave me the fuck alone we are good man like leave me the fuck alone i don't give a shit if you're white black brown fucking purple green or fucking yellow man just leave me the fuck alone and we're good and don't fuck with my movies. See, see, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> so, you're yeah. a, 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 a comic book fan, right? You're, you're a big comic book fan. I'm you keep up getting there. I'm getting there now. Um, I'm not necessarily uh, like super well versed in in the past, but I, I try to keep up and follow different storylines as much as I can. Uh, I have maybe I don't know five or six different you know kind of runs I'm reading currently i guess uh, at least so there's a few few good ones out there right now are you like an old school fan that just came back because of the huge boom of the movies or have you always been a fan or you just became a fan because of the movies and now you're reading comic books as of now or like yeah, like when's it begin and then the last part basically i was never really into them at any point but i got to i got to a certain you know level where i watched all the movies a hundred times i've watched all the netflix series the hulu series i'm watching runaways i'm watching cloak and dagger i'm you know i'm going back and watching captain america movies from like 1942 or whatever it is Uh, so i got to a point where i ran out of content and i I was like, well, I guess it's time to start reading the comics because there's like some crazy stories in there of all these characters that I like that I keep hearing about when I watch YouTube videos about like upcoming things that might happen in the MCU or all that kind of stuff. Like they're they're talking about Ghost Rider coming into the movies and everybody's speculating like, is it going to be Johnny Blaze? Is it going to be Robbie Reyes? Is it going to be whoever? And I'm like, please be Frank Castle. Like that would be fantastic. Cosmic Ooh, Ghost Rider is killing it right now. <laughs> 
Dude, Frank Castle. I don't know, but like, there's a really good version of Frank Castle as Ghost Rider, and it's the Thanos comic where he's like his lackey, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's just after Thanos kills Galactus, right? There was the. I was just reading up on it today. And the fucking Hulk is his dog. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) He like feeds the Hulk all these superheroes. Like he like throws someone down in a pit, and the Hulk like eats them because the Hulk is just like a bitch at this point. There's no one left. And he's like broken, you know. He's he's broken. He hasn't turned into Banner in like a hundred years or some shit. He he like killed. Sad. You have a thing for the Hulk. I love the Hulk. I don't know. He's a cutie pie in the movies. I like him. (laughs) You you just want his big green monster, don't you? Oh my god! (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we do a little segment on our show called "Who Would Win in a Fight." Now, okay. Now, I'm going to give you a, a couple softballs here first, okay? Who do you think will win? Okay. Not Ghost Rider Frank Castle, but Frank Castle, the Punisher, the human version, versus Luke Cage, the Bulletproof Man. Ooh. That's tough. <laughs> and why do you think they'd win? See, that's supposed to be a softball. <laughs> it is supposed to be a softball, but like I'm thinking like, like Frank would shoot him in the eye and like end this quick. Uh, I feel <laughs> if he knew... Uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, I'm going to go with Frank Castle because he's my dude. Um, and I, I think he would win because he would just be, yeah, he'd shoot right through the eye or, or he'd find, he'd find a fleshy part. And there are some weaknesses to, to Cage's kind of in, in vulnerabilities. And uh, I think he'd take him out. I, I think the same thing. The thing about Frank Castle is he had the military training and he was very smart. He wasn't a dumbass. Luke Cage is more of a street fighter, a street brawler. I think it would be easy, and the guy's bulletproof, but he's not fucking uh, bomb-proof or explosive-proof, and, and I think that's where, it, you know, Frank Castle would be like, yeah, I can't kill my guns, I'm just going to blow them the fuck up, and there you go, end of story. I cannot yeah. tell you how much I wanted to see those two characters interact on the Netflix universe. Like, I was waiting for Luke Cage season two to end with, like, him standing in front of the barbershop, and, like, all of a sudden, like, a bullet hits him in the forehead and falls down. We go all the way back to the path of the bullet, and it's, like, Frank looking down a scope to set up Punisher season two. Uh, that would have been so cool. That'd be fucking great, man. And the actor, uh, John John Bernthal, who played the Punisher, is oh, phenomenal in so everything. Cool. Dude, when he died in The Walking Dead, Shane, or whatever the hell his name was on the show, that was probably... Oh, is that who played him? Yeah, yeah, Shane. Uh, that was when I stopped watching the show. Did you ever get in The Walking Dead? I never got into The Walking Dead, which is weird, because I kind of, I, like, I, I could see myself getting into it. I think it was just one of those things I hopped on, like, by the time it really caught fire, it was already, you know, too late for me to really catch up, and I never went back and watched it. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, some some shows that they put out there, like The Walking Dead, like, they overhype it. And the thing is, is like a lot of people, you got your snobs out there, and I'm one of them. Like I read every comic book before the show came out, Ooh, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm always constantly referencing, like, oh, the comic book's better, the comic book's better. And she started watching it, as like, well, like with a set of fresh eyes, and thought the show was better. And I don't know, man. Like, is, is there anything out there that you kind of jumped on the bandwagon and, uh, you know, like, like, like kind of late when everyone else was talking about how great something is? Is there something like that out there for you, like maybe Game of Thrones or something? Yeah, you know, Game of Thrones is is one of those things I'm I'm not a huge fan of, and I, I'm one of those people, as I've discovered recently. I'm one of those people like if you really love something and I'm sick of hearing about it, I just start to hate it. So Game of Thrones, Star Wars, like all that sort of stuff, like I hate it. I don't know anything about it. I just know it's like the Yankees. I don't hate it. I hate the fans hey. kind of deal. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh my lord! I fucking hate the Yankees too. Yes, it, there's there's just like it's it, it's, it's born in Jersey me. boys. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not super. I guess the Marvel universe is probably like the big thing I jumped onto really hard. And it wasn't like until I really kind of grasped the full continuity of all of it where I was like, wait, what? You know, like I kind of liked Iron Man and then uh, Hulk was in uh, Captain America's cool. And then, you know, people started kind of like because I had no knowledge whatsoever of the comic. So then all of a sudden they're like, no, they're all going to team up. And I'm like, wait, what? They're going to Captain America and Iron Man going to do stuff together? Like, you know, I was, yep. <laughs> and then now it's, you know, obviously, like if you've seen Endgame, um, I had to wear an extra pair of pants to the theater. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it's just great. See, I don't know. With the Marvel, there's only a couple of characters that I like. See, Which I like, uh, I like Spider-Man, Iron okay. Man, um, obviously the Hulk. And I think that's pretty much it. I don't really care. For, I think the other ones are boring to me. I, oh, yeah. God, I don't like Captain America or who's the one with the arrows? Uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Oh, God, please. Scott. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. They're, I think I'm more of a DC person. Some of them are meant for ensemble movies. Like, Captain America, to me, is boring as shit. But if you put him with the rest of the group, I find them interesting. He doesn't okay. make a good solo film, but yes. he's good in an ensemble cast. I'll That's agree with that. He's still not one of my favorites, yeah. but by himself, I can't. I cannot. Yeah, my my favorite of all of them is probably still Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But even that, like they they got Falcon, they got Widows in there, Furies in there, Hills in there. So it is sort of like a mini ensemble. And then obviously Bucky, you know, popping in there as well. So, yeah, I love Thor is my dude, obviously. That's why I call myself the God of Thunder. Um, But I when they they did it. I'm so dirty in Endgame. Like and now now they're going to hand this hammer (laughs) off to to, to Jane Foster. Like uh, I'm. I'm ready to tune out. Like I'm almost, I'm almost at hashtag cancel MCU, even though I hate <laughs> cancel culture. Um, but no, that, that, that does infuriate me. And I, I like a lot of the characters, but I like a lot of like the peripheral ones. Like I love um, like a Koye in the, uh, in the, in the kind of Wakandan universe subsection of that over there. Uh, Gamora's great. Nebula's great. Um, there, there's kind of like all those kind of more peripheral characters are the ones that, that get me every time. And I, I'm, I cannot wait to see Deadpool interact with all of them. Them. Oh my god, Deadpool is my favorite. Do you think they're gonna do that though? Is he really gonna be put in those movies, or do you think he's he's like too R rated? Or do you think they're gonna nerf him a little bit? Um, I kind of hope that he just pops in and out, like just randomly. You just oh, you see him in the background, you get a one liner, like make him almost like the new Stan Lee, where he just he does like something every movie, and it's just yes. it's Deadpool doing stuff. Um, that would be kind of cool, but I, what I want more than anything, and um, we're never going to get it, but if they could somehow book, you know, do this at the same time while they're doing a, the next big Avengers movie, uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, <laughs> watching oh, him, great. like an R-rated, just tearing through, you know, bring everybody back, Chris Evans and, and, and Hugh Jackman even, like, oh, you know, just bring everybody back and just let him cut through everyone and make quips along the way, I would... I would watch it every day. Do you watch the animated movies at all? Um, some of them here and there randomly. Like I just I search like, you know, random cartoons and, and you know, try and find stuff that way. But um, I've been watching actually they've been doing the Marvel Rising on YouTube. I really like those. Been watching those with my kid. Um, Spider Gwen sort of featured in there heavily, so I, I appreciate that. Quake, even voiced by Chloe Bennett, who does the agents, you know, plays her in Agents of Shield. So I thought that was kind of cool, and Squirrel Girls in there, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I've been liking that. But uh, any any must watch animated ones I need to keep up with? 
Hulk versus. There's one where he fights Wolverine and one where he fights um, Thor, actually, and it's freaking phenomenal, dude. You got to check those out. I think I just watched the Wolverine one the other day, actually. Yeah. There's another uh, series out there too, but it's a but it's, it's like a fan made. There's like some dude who has a lot of money, and what he does is he has these YouTube videos where he gets a bunch of actors together, and he pays for it out of his own pocket. He edits it. It's really professional looking. It's called Superpower Beatdown, and he'll get like these fan requests for fights, and he'll do like Batman versus Deadpool, uh, no. Deadpool, yes, the Hulk, like weird shit, dude. It's really good. Have, have you ever seen those? I've seen stuff like it. Uh, there's like death battle something I saw the other day. I was just watching one, but they actually sometimes they actually kind of go the full nine. I watched one where it was like Nightwing versus Daredevil, which was surprising my dude daredevil did not fare well and i was i was very upset about it um but yeah now that i'm watching titans um i'm sort of coming along to to where nightwing could have pulled that one off but yeah i love that kind of stuff man it's so cool the stuff that people are doing um as fans just like random schmucks sitting around with the budget and time and a camera putting together like great even if it's 10 minutes um there was there was a more Mortal Kombat trailer that was like a fanfic kind of thing that leaked maybe like 10 years ago and I like lost my mind. I was like, oh my God, they're going to redo Mortal Kombat. They're going to actually reboot <laughs> this. And, and, and I watched this awesome ass trailer and I was like convinced this was going to be a movie. And then somebody was like, nah, some fan made that. And I was like, why? Why I would they make that, that if they're not going to make a movie? <laughs> oh my God, I, that pisses me off when I come across something like that. Nightwing definitely would have won he's fucking trained by batman god damn it you know and he even wore the batman suit when batman got his back broken by bane he, he was the batman for a little while to keep the image up to, to make sure gotham stayed safe and people were still afraid of the bat when batman couldn't do it it was nightwing it was dick grayson i will concede to your knowledge but i am <laughs> emotionally matt murdoch like you know is my dude so i gotta i gotta i gotta hold it down for him that's another reason as a matter of fact why i like spider gwen so much is that even on her earth matt Murdoch is the kingpin is the kingpin so that's like such a weird kind of funny twist to all of it having having been somebody who was watching Daredevil religiously and then like went to the comics looking for more content and stumbled upon that I was like <laughs> get a load of this guy he's out here uh, running crime mobs and stuff it's awesome there's another one I would recommend that you read there's um what the hell is that fight game there's a fight video game uh Injustice okay Read that series. It's like Superman turns evil in that one. Uh, I, I, and I know you're a Marvel guy. I don't know if you're you know, willing to go into the DC realm, but they got some really good stories lately. And what happens is, is uh, Lois Lane gets blown up in Metropolis because the Joker goes to Metropolis for some reason to fuck with Superman. He got tired of Batman or some shit. Plants okay. nuclear bombs all over Metropolis, all over the place, because Superman's not fast enough to catch them all. He gets almost all of them. One of them blows up, and it's by the Daily Planet, and Lois Lane dies. <gasps> Drive Superman fucking bonkers. He finds the Joker after Batman captures him, and Batman doesn't kill, so he's like, you can't kill him, Superman. Superman grabs Batman, flings him against the wall, puts his hand through the Joker's chest, rips his fucking heart out, and the Joker's laughing the whole time. And he goes, I did it. And he, like, dies or some shit. He drove Superman crazy. Superman takes over the world. He's like, you got to, you know, I, like I'm the ruler. You can't fucking do this. You can't do that. And anybody who goes against anything he says, good or bad, he he like takes care of them or some shit. He like kills them or just fucking executes them or imprisonment. It's really good shit, man. And all the heroes are trying to stop him. That's pretty awesome. Okay. I can see I can get into something like that for sure. I was just just watching some video the other day where Superman actually there was there was like DC Marvel crossovers and they actually did like a Superman 
was the Herald of Galactus for a period of time. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Um, but yeah, yeah no, I can't, I can't get into Superman. You hear like a white suit and got the cosmic powers. It's like, this guy wasn't more powerful. He wasn't powerful enough. They, they give him more shit. Right. Yeah. See, it's a classic Superman dilemma. But when you do stories like that, I could get into it. Like Red Sun is another one I really like because it's just like it's it's a totally different twist on the classic unbeatable Jesus figure. Yeah, no. So, so basically, we're talking about wrestling again. Talk about Roman Reigns. Is that what we're talking about? Almost. Well, no. I just like the super Superman <laughs> always has kind of had that. Yeah, he's kind of had that John Cena kind of. You know, he's just too. He's too good of a guy, and he's too unbeatable, and it it does become boring after a period of time. So when you can do, you know, kind of stuff like that, I can I can get into to soups again. I hate Superman. I I don't like people like that. that can't that's be not interesting. No. Anyone he goes up against, he's he's going to win. It's, he's boring. But he has one major weakness. He has kryptonite. So if I had kryptonite okay. in my hand, he, he would immediately like fall, keel Where are you over, and I could, that? You know, I could kick his ass. You know, because he's because you got to have a little a little sliver, the smallest piece can stop him. You, you saw Superman Returns, right, Andrew? Yes, unfortunately. Um, it was. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. It sucked. I just I think he's a boring character. I never ever ever like Superman ever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. He's just boring. He, he was okay when he turned heel in the Justice League movie for, for about three minutes. That was that was okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was probably the highlight of the, the, the whole film was that one scene where they're all trying to stop him and he sees a flash running in slow motion. He's like, oh, shit, you could see me running? <laughs> yes, that was a good that was a good part. There are rumors abuzz that Marvel's looking to bring Henry Cavill into the equation and like him playing like Hyperion would be would just what? be the- would be the best thing ever like please ah. god make that happen because <laughs> uh, for those who are listening who might not know like hyperion is basically just like an evil superman in the marvel universe so it just having him you know do the heel turn and then come over to marvel and play that character would just like it would be mind-blowing that would be interesting to me that'd be freaking badass man i i see i would watch that is, so, is there anything else you're into, my friend? Is, like, is like you got the wrestling thing going. You got, you know, like you're you're getting the comics. What else are you into? Like, what do you do, man? Yeah, for the most part, I think we covered most of it. Yeah, it's that's the comic stuff. It's the politics stuff. It's the podcasting stuff. Um, obviously, you know, we we mentioned the daughter along the way. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I think we actually covered just about everything that I do, mostly because I don't have much more time in the day to do all these other things. <laughs> um, you know, between between the wrestling I have to watch, the regular days I have to work. You know, the not only obligatory but enjoyable time with my daughter. Um, you know, the, then doing the podcast, editing the podcast, then yeah, seriously, getting time to read, time. read comics. That's the only reason I read only like five or six comics at a given clip because I don't really even have the time to sit down and read those always um so yeah and then uh, i've like got a stack of books over here i'm trying to get to that i'm just never going to and um yeah i'm just i'm just plugging along here man just trying to pay the bills and uh find some thrills if i can does it ever get boring to you where you have to watch so much wrestling when does it become like a job and not something that you enjoy doing i, I can't even tell you if i've ever acted actually felt like oh i gotta do this this week like i really do enjoy it um not to you know you know what screw it. it's sort of my gimmick anyway i'll toot my own horn here like i think i'm <laughs> uniquely qualified for podcasting because a I, I always have something to say b i like the sound of my own voice and c i'm just like on top of that just all together an egomaniac so it works out really well where not only do i get to do the shows 
I get to have people tweet me about them, and then I get to listen to them back myself and pop myself in my car as I'm driving to work because that's the type of you know, narcissist that I am. So <laughs> it's, it's, I think I, I think I'm like I said, just uniquely qualified for this sort of thing. In addition to you wrap that all up in with the fact that I I just don't give a fuck. So it's like I'll say and do pretty much anything, and um, it, it's just you know I, I enjoy it so much that when I'm watching Raw. While you guys are sitting there going, oh, this is so awful. I can't believe I'm even watching this. I'm going, yo, this is so awful. I get to roast this for like an hour. <laughs> I get to do this with Billy Ray and Strangler Steve who were like just uh, like like some of my best friends now at this point, basically. Like we we talk more than I see my kid. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it's it's fun. And it's it's a cool community. Not only Homie Media Group, but now like you guys and the Rat Salad Review and like all this and the Russo brand and this weird you know linkedin of just cool people and um i i wish we all had better higher paying jobs and for that matter that all of us could get paid to do the podcasting and maybe one day we'll get there um but you know it is uh just it, it's never really been a job it, it, and i kind of hope it never does and I, I don't know that it will what about you guys you got like lives you got kids like this, did you ever feel like uh i mean I actually been meaning to ask you about this, like the voices of misery. You guys seem like relatively, you know, content folk. So um, no. I'm wondering, well, you know, what is where exactly are the voices of misery lying in here? And, and does it feel like a job for you guys at any point? Maybe it's maybe it's just, you know. No, because like the thing about us is like we don't we don't particularly prepare for our podcast. We just kind of just live our lives and then just bitch about it on air. You know. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like, okay. I suffer from mental illness. I have bipolar disorder. I have anxiety. I've got depression. I've got all sorts of shit they diagnosed me with. And when I do my little solo podcast, I do one that's about a half hour long. And I just kind of just go off and ramble. And my brain fucking explodes for a half hour. And people just dig it because a lot of people mm -hmm. out there feel the same way. Yeah. And then together, we kind of talk about our lives and just bitch about things. And people like that, too. It's weird. I, I know. We bitch a lot. And it's... We... The way we are on the mic is how we talk to each other normally. Mm -hmm. And we thought we were weird because we, I mean, I've never heard someone talk to each other the way we do. And then we did the podcast and we got huge feedback for it. And like people liked it. So we're like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. We got like 260 like something comments on iTunes, almost all five stars. Yeah. It's pretty so, weird. I, don't, I just, I didn't expect that. No, no, you guys, you guys have like a, a cool vibe. There's some, there's something to just listening to a couple people who obviously, I mean, you guys have, 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 a, have a more than enough chemistry having, you know, lived happily ever after. Um, but <laughs> well, oh, we do fuck once in a while. So that oh helps my God. <laughs> oh my God. But I feel like after listening to like a, you know, a couple episodes, like, I feel like I know you guys, like, you know, like you really do let people in and yet the, the, net, the conversation just kind of flows and you know, you're, you're not exactly like, you know, super, you're not given certainly not too much information, but you get the quip like we fuck sometimes and it's enough to like, you know, these people are just, you know, voices of misery. Uh, I take it as sarcasm. I feel like you guys are content. And if not, uh, the rest of us are doomed. <laughs> All right, well, all right, well, here we go. We just opened that door. Now, speaking of that, fucking, my oh friend. Oh, my God. Speaking of fucking. Mm -hmm. You're a single man in, in New Jersey, you know? Uh, I am. And you do the whole Tinder <laughs> thing, right? I haven't yeah. had a dating game in 15 years, so I'm going to live vicariously through you. How easy is it to get laid nowadays with the internet and cell phones and swiping and shit? How oh, easy would, is it to get I laid? I would be afraid. I'm going to say it's, it's harder than you would think. 
Yeah, no, you have every reason to be afraid. I'm sorry, Nerdette. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. No, I'm just saying, like, as a man, I would be terrified with this Me Too bullshit going on. What about catfishing? And as a female, I would be horrified because I wouldn't want to get, like, raped or whatever the hell. I, I could never online date. I could never do it. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I have so many bad experiences. It's basically the lottery, right? Like, so I was talking about this with my coworker the other day. Um, just me specifically, like the amount, like the percentage of women that I could potentially date is so tiny, right? Because I, you know, first and foremost, like I couldn't date a liberal, 50% gone. Um, <laughs> Hell no. You know, and then like just there's certain other things that like, you know, like I'm like, a, I'm, a, I'm a freaking comic pro wrestling podcast nerd. Like there's there's another half of that half gone, you know, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep going down the list. Um, and then you take into consideration Tinder, which is just this dumpster fire of bots and trannies and and instagram whores and 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 then maybe once in a blue moon you stumble upon somebody who likes you back and they are like the most like wretched fungus that forms <laughs> on the bottom of the like, you know it's just, and, and the only reason you match with them is at a certain point you just start swiping until <laughs> until something matches and then you're like ah oh, we got a winner oh all right we don't got a winner um, but I, you know, then I have experiences like I met somebody recently. We went on a date. It was really cool. Um, weirdly enough, like she, you know, she, she, she smokes weed. So we were hanging out and oh, nice. you know, smoked, smoked a blunt, went and got like Chick-fil-A, just like bullshitted for like five hours. It was a great date. Uh, but, um, yes, Chick-fil-A was her call. Neither here nor there. Um, so, you know, but it, it, there are those occasions and then, but you know, then, then those don't always work out while they start off nice. So it's. It's hard out here for for a wannabe pimp, I suppose. It's just, a wannabe you know. pimp. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't even imagine that. Like that's what happened to going to bars or finding a girl at church or whatever the hell people used to do? I mean, like this whole thing, the, the, like the whole game changed. You yeah, can like really lie did. and use fake pictures and shit. Uh, yeah, well, I, I and I try to think about like where I'm gonna meet because I don't really drink, um, so I don't, I don't really have any any reason to be at a bar for the most part and hey if you do by all means i was a bartender for many years i drank a lot i just i had to give it up i had to hang up the liver um but i don't do that like i don't go to the gym i have like a gym in my complex here that i maybe see the old asian lady who lives next door once on a blue moon um and and then like the only place i might meet a girl like out in public other than like i stumble upon one doing something for work uh, would be like the grocery store, and it's like I'm just gonna, thinking that. Hey, nice melons! Like you know, there's no produce <laughs> It's not a good look, so you know, I it's it's hard. I would probably have to find like some total dime to even work up the courage to go walk over and interrupt this poor woman as she's trying to buy milk for her probably kids and husband. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's it's you know it's slim pickings out here, but uh, I'm getting by. Got some got some connects. <laughs> I would just be too fucking afraid now because like you can't even tell a woman she looks attractive like hey man I just saw you from across the room I thought you looked nice and I wanted to say hello and introduce myself you might get smacked in the face called a pervert and the cop will arrest you nowadays it's just like I think that I think that's a little little too far I don't think, I don't think so. it's <laughs> I don't think it's like that it, it's not that far off though right like I, I mean it, we're, we are getting her. Well, don't, it's like, you know, the, yeah, don't touch her is probably a good start. But, you know, there are people who are just, you know, instantly they're turned off by everybody's so triggered by like literally everything. I even hate to use that terminology, but that's that's what we're talking about here is that people just, you know, instant 
they get switched on to something and it's like you might walk into the wrong girl and all of a sudden it's like how dare you look at me like an object i'm calling my you know transgender aunt uncle whatever that's also a lawyer and works for the aclu and all of a sudden it just like turns it's like whoa i just wanted to see if you wanted to get coffee coffee's like you know it's a blood trade yeah yeah like, whoa god come on can we <laughs> never mind like i'm we're out it doesn't matter how good you're looking in those pants but um you know, it, it's it it could work out that way. I worry about that. I also think about like I should probably start going to political rallies. I feel like that would probably be the best place for me to go pick up women. Um, in addition <laughs> to the fact that I'm just loud and obnoxious, um, I think amongst the the Trump MAGA crowd, I would look like Brad Pitt. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I'd slay at these things. Unfortunately, Trump doesn't come by New Jersey unless he's trying to play golf at Bedminster. And uh, hey, I'm not killing. I'm not hating him for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, man. Now, it's it, it's funny that you did mention that though because like i feel like today like there's like this big mass hypnosis going on where like everyone is just kind of rubbing off of each other like and it, it's very hard for me to put this into words like put an analogy out there but let's just say like people are playing in a ouija board if you play a ouija board by yourself you might say oh this sucks this is stupid and walk away from it but if you get two two people three people four people five people the more people you have doing it, the more people start to believe because they're feeding off of each other's, you know, feelings and their emotions. So it's like you've got all these people out there saying, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, this is what I believe in uh, politically. And, uh, you know, you get a bunch of people together that start to believe in the same thing. It just gets worse and worse and festers to a boiling point and they all start fucking fighting and shit, you know. I, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, it's it's hard to put in the words, but it's like I, I just feel like more people are just feeding off of each other and it has to stop someplace. Yeah, it's it's I hear this word a lot, the tribalism kind of going on. Um, this, this is sort of an idea. I feel like it, it exists, certainly like we all flock to people who we feel we have common interest with. But it's always been the case forever and always like, why is it so bad now? It's like the same sort of deal with like all the gun violence. Like it's like we've we've always had guns. Like, why is it that we're only going, you know, like every three weeks and there's a mass shooting of some sort um, that that there's something else that's triggering these sorts of events? Um, and and it, to me, it kind of gets back to what we were saying. And before it's the media, it's Hollywood, it's it's the, the politicians, the Hollywood thing. And I was kind of getting at this point before it's so dangerous to me because it's like I kind of believe uh, Andrew Breitbart had like a great quote called uh, politics is downstream of culture. And it really does start like if you can build a sentiment in uh, through movies and television shows like, you know, as innocent as it ultimately is a uh, gay marriage it was like one of those things like Will and Grace did more to get gay marriage passed through. Then, you know, many other things going on or like, you know, things along those lines. It's just they just start putting those ideas out there. And again, it's totally innocent. And I don't care. You know, the gay marriage issue is not an issue for me. But um, people people that obviously thought it was at one point, henceforth, it wasn't legal. Um, now, all of a sudden, they're watching more TV shows about it. OK, you know, like it's not that big a deal. And then, you know, all of a sudden it becomes law. Well, now we were talking about before, like the, the left has gone so crazy all of these radical, the Green New Deal, gun confiscation, the this, that, and the other, like that's actually going to be the law of the land if these people get control. <laughs> so that's going to be that. That's reason number one. Regardless of how much you might dislike Donald Trump, um, you know, consider the last three years and how all we've done has been told that the world is on fire and things appear to be as good, if not better, than ever. So, <laughs> so it's you know, yeah. it's that or the alternative. 
how much of this do you think is fluff? Because they're also saying they're going to pay off people's student loans and loan forgiveness by raising the taxes on, I think it was the lottery. Isn't that the lottery they're going to raise the taxes on by a very small percentage? No, it, it, it's a stock market. Yeah, they they want to hit the they want to hit the investors and there's you know see this is one of those things like I can have a conversation with somebody if they want to have these you know kinds of uh, because I can understand what they're talking about on like an ethical and moral level. Yeah, I don't think that somebody necessarily who you know just puts on a suit and tie and sits at a desk all day like should be able to just keep making this like an exorbitant exponential amount of money. But at the same time, I don't ever want to be that that guy being told that I can't make more money regardless of how much money I have. And, um, you know, that, not that I ever really feel that I'll be in that position, but I think that that guy goes on to buy more things which have to be made by people like me, which ultimately pays for, you know, my kids' stuff and so on and so forth. So I do to a degree believe in kind of like the trickle-down effect as far as that goes. But um, with, with, with the way that the Democrats want to give away all this free stuff. I'm scared. Like, I don't know if they're lying because they're just saying that you're going to get free stuff, in which case it's obviously just disingenuous or if they're for real and they're just going to basically, I mean, they're redistributing. Well, they want to, they want to hit reset. They want to take all the billionaires money. They want to give it to all the homeless people in California and they want to, you know, basically just spread everything back out, start everyone off at square one. And it sounds nice. But like half of people suffer drastically by by doing it that way, um, you know, and it, it's just it, it it's dangerous. It's it, it's it's antithetical to everything that we believe as a country where you do have individual freedoms and the government's not supposed to be able to come in and make these big sweeping changes. That's that's why the Bill of Rights literally says it's a list of things the government can't do. It doesn't tell us like what we're entitled to. We're already entitled to it. It's telling the government no no you can't touch these things um so you know that that to me is is precisely what the democrats want to just ignore all of that altogether like no we're gonna do those things (laughs) what do you feel about the uh every person gets a thousand dollars that's insane it's that has to be pandering i i actually of uh, of the people that are on those stages andrew yang to me is the most likable somewhat reasonable person but but because he is so smart and like you know to he'll say it himself like i'm asian i'm good at math so it's like he has to know that that doesn't work (laughs) i almost spit my drink out (laughs) (laughs) um it just he knows a lot of doctors like we get it the guy's a walking asian pun um but like we we, (laughs) you cannot be as smart as he is and think that giving everyone a thousand dollars solves all of your problems first of all like why would you give me a thousand everyone a thousand dollars so it's essentially meaningless it's just like pointless inflation for the sake of just pumping money into the economy um and if everyone's let's say everyone's income goes up twelve thousand dollars a year guess what happens to their bills exactly it's gonna go up at at least twelve thousand dollars a year and probably more because every you know you pay more than you know let's say five you know five ten fifteen entities that are all going to want a slightly bigger chunk and now your bills go up fourteen fifteen thousand dollars a year and and for that matter they're taking the money from you in the first place only to give it back to you like the whole idea doesn't make any sense whatsoever i don't think money gives happiness what i think gives happiness is is just more time doing things you want to do and one idea that i did like was the fact that um it was mentioned somewhere, I forgot where the fuck I read this, this was a while ago, of having people work less days but more hours. So let's say if you work like three days a week, 13-hour shifts or whatever to hit your 40 hours, you could take 
you know, three days on, four days off to spend more time doing what you want to do, but you're still working the same amount of hours. You're more productive in those hours and you get more time off to make you happier. You know, like, I think that's a better idea than like, like kind of like limiting how much you're working. Cause there's people out there working, you know, 60 hours a week, six days a week. And it's just like, you're, you're spending more time in the office rather than living life. You know, like, I think that's a better idea than just giving people money just for the sake of giving them money. I see where you're going there. Like even like in Europe or at least in France, I believe they kind of do like a they almost do like a half day Wednesday, a half day Saturday kind of thing where it's like that the work week is like everybody works Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. But like on Wednesday, everybody gets out at like noon, like everything sort of closes down early. And then the same thing kind of goes on Saturday or whatever. Um, but like they, they kind of break it up a little bit. Now, I'm somebody who's worked um, a 40 hour hour work week where it was four hours a day uh, or 10 hours a day for four days and they they were they were basically trying to rotate us in and out because they had too much uh too many staffers and, and not enough space for us so they needed a computer for everybody so they're trying to get everyone to work the schedule out like even that drove me crazy i could only imagine doing like 12 and 13 hour shifts and and honestly i think that's dangerous to a certain degree nerd not yeah. to, to poo poo the idea because three hours at 13 you know three days at 13 hours turns into four days at 13 hours real quick and like all of a sudden now you're now you're just you know oh can you work this extra day you know now now you're now you're pumping out 52 and yeah you'll get overtime and all that kind of stuff but you're you're working now four days a week for more than half the day like you're just basically right back into that same sort of um you know you're a drone basically you, you run back into that same problem where you, you might have had a nine to five normal schedule Sure, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I just feel like we just need more of a work-life balance in life. We got so many people working themselves to death, you know, and it's just something I freaking hate because, like, you, you got to figure, like, from the time you're born till the time you're five, you're learning basic skills, eating, feeding yourself, taking a shit, pissing, <laughs> and all that crap, you know, and then you go to school. And you're, you're five years old, you're in kindergarten, you're 18, when you get out of high school, and then you go to work, and then you die. It's like, what the fuck? When do we have time for ourselves, man? <laughs> You have time to enjoy life. Um, you gotta, you gotta just kind of take it when you can get it, right? Like even you know, work sucks. So you know, unless unless you're like one of those lucky few, like I really love my job. Like yeah, good for you, man. Like you hit the lottery. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd almost rather have that than hit the lottery. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I, I find time to to, to find happiness. I feel like fairly regularly. I don't think it's necessarily easy all the time. But then again, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm an egomaniac. I amuse myself more times than not. I'm sitting around the house like chuckling at stupid ideas that I'm coming up with for podcasts and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, there are those little moments and whether they be with yourself or your wife or your kids or your friend or the, the, the weird coworker, you had a funny exchange and it'll kind of now forever alter your relationship. You're slightly cooler now because you both caught something that happened on the other side of the room at the same time. Uh, those, those sort of dinky little things, I, I think that's those are the things that we have to embrace. And like, yeah, would it be great if we can all have three days off every week and just go kick it on a beach somewhere and all that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, that'd be cool if that's your thing. It wouldn't be mine. Like, you know, I I, I think we all kind of have, you know, well, obviously we all have different ideas of like what, what would ultimately make us happy. But um, it, it's, you know, we all have to sleep. We all have to basically work. We got to eat. We got some other obligatory shit. Like you got maybe 30 hours a week to you. Use them wisely. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. All right, man. Got a couple more questions for you here. All right. So here we go, man. Uh, Can you give us a story 
of when swiping right way, like what, like which one is the good one? Swiping left or right? <laughs> swiping right is the good one, I believe. <laughs> All right. So let's say you swipe right. Can you give us a story where you met up with somebody that you swiped right on and it just didn't turn out the way you expected it? Oh, God, I'm afraid to hear. No, honestly, most of them aren't that bad. Um, I had one. My, my favorite story is, um, un, you know, I guess maybe unfortunately politically driven. But uh, I, all right, so I'm swiping through one day. And like like I mentioned before, most of the people on these apps are like bots or Instagram whores. Like they don't even check the thing. They just put their picture and their Instagram and the profile name and like in hopes that you'll chase after them and follow them and, and like their pictures. Um, and then. That's like the most innocent of the of the pseudo catfishing that goes on on there. But uh, I'm swiping through. And and again, it was probably one of those things where I was going through like a rampage and I swiped right on somebody who was probably more. She was too young for me, but nonetheless, she swiped right. I swiped right. Um, She was 23. I was 31. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's give this a shot. She also happened to be super hot um, West African girl, uh, super smart, like just uh, it, it was it was. It was kind of like a unicorn. I'm like, let me let me see what where this goes. Um, so, <laughs> third date, um, we're we're sitting around, and I think I let it slip that I'm a Trump supporter, right? And all of a sudden, like hell broke loose. Oh, <laughs> no. This is like one of these nightmare like Facebook things you read about, and like I, I wish I was really being fantastical about it. She could not from that point forward stop asking me questions about how I could how, but uh, and. I'm like, she's like, but that, 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 doesn't that make you racist? And I'm like, doesn't the fact that I'm sitting here right now not? <laughs> it was, it was very, it was, you know, it was very interesting. Um, and then we kind of, that was the third date. So like, you know, third date stigma, that's how my third date went with her. Um, and then, and then she just spent the whole rest of the night texting me because she went to a friend's house and, and they were all asking more questions and i'm like you know what if this is how it's gonna be like bye <laughs> and oh that was my the... god <laughs> holy shit that's amazing so, well, shout outs to deja um <laughs> <laughs> you will never yeah. like, have deja here right now deja come get your ass out yes so here we go so here's a what would you okay. rather do question for you okay Ooh. okay would you rather walk through Newark for an hour wearing a MAGA hat at 10 o'clock at night, or would you rather talk shit about the Clintons and have them know your personal home address? Oh, the latter. They can fucking come. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. But it I wouldn't just actually be them, though. It would be someone wearing a white suit or some shit, you know? And, of course, the cameras would be deleted. Like, all the footage would be deleted of them coming into your apartment complex and killing you. Because that's what happened to, uh, what's his name? That Epstein guy, right? Epstein the, like, guy. Yep. Conveniently, all the cameras go go out and no one saw nothing. And his cellmate would happen to be, like, a former massive souped up super jacked up killer guy who had a cell phone in his cell like yeah no nothing weird going on there at all um but yeah no i think I, i'll take the latter mostly because um <laughs> i've been to newark at 10 o'clock at night and uh, i don't want to walk around there without my maga hat uh unless, <laughs> unless unless i maybe just kept doing loops around the prudential center um in which case i might be okay if i can like stay within a certain radius of that building um but other than that yeah i'm i'm I don't stand a chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, last question for you, my friend. 
All right. Uh, do you think the world gets as crazy as, as it is now if Hillary Clinton won the election? No. Um, it would have been business as usual. Uh, the media would have taken a, a, a self-laudatory nap for the next eight years. Um, it would have just been, I, I mean, I do, I think her policies would have been bad and, and the world would have been in a different circumstance. Yes, but I don't think things would have gotten like super ugly. Uh, I think there would be like a conservative squad right now, which would be kind of fun. Uh, I'd like to live in that timeline, maybe even be one of them. Uh, Dan Crenshaw would be, you know, sort of at the forefront of that, I would like to think. And some other younger conservative, more more libertarian leaning guys would kind of hopefully, you know, be the first real Republicans to kind of fight back and do the social media shtick the way that AOC and all those women do uh, over on the left. Um, and, and, you know, I think we'd be at war with one of North Korea, Iran or Russia at some point, if not all three. Uh, just because the, I, I think there's, I think she's a, I think she's a war hawk. I think that her record sort of tells that. And, um, and I, and I think, um, I think that all of those places would see not specifically because she's a woman, but because she's her, they would kind of look at that as like a, an opportunity to kind of poke the bear a little bit. And, uh, and we, we'd be in far worse situations. Say what you want about Trump. They don't know like what he's going to do. <laughs> like the yeah. reason that North Korea is like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of back down after a period of time is the like, Trump will turn South Korea into an Island if he feels like it. So it's, it's time for them to just kind of, you know, sit that bunker down and, you know, shoot your missiles a little closer to home and maybe they don't fly over Japan anymore. And uh, they've been relatively quiet ever since that second meeting down there. Are they still up to no good? Absolutely. But we're far less, you know, far further removed from nuclear war than they painted it out to be two years ago. Very good answer, my friend. Do you have anything you want to plug? Because I know you got a lot of stuff to plug. You got a lot of shows. Hami Media is doing a lot of shit. Big things lately. Huge producer meeting where the whole world got (laughs) flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like you to take a minute and tell us what's going on. All right. Well, um, yeah, Hameen Media Group. So you can find me over there, hackerhameen.podbean.com. I take part in the Wednesday locker room, hashtag WLR, where we review. Actually, (laughs) we no longer review Raw and SmackDown. We just review Raw. And we're also going to be kind of given the primer for what will be the Wednesday Night War. So you'll be still getting us on Wednesdays talking about what happened on raw yeah it's a little bit late but hey the juice is worth the squeeze it's definitely worth the wait um so get over to there and then we'll also set you up for what's going on on aew and nxt that night and you can go watch whichever you choose it better be nxt so that you can listen to the next level wrestling podcast the next day on hackerhameen.podbean.com hosted by yours truly and then um at canceled a pod on Twitter for my political updates, which are coming soon, uh, very soon. Hype videos are being made, uh, probably in the foreseeable future. And then at Bello being Bello for all of the non-political stuff, Marvel, wrestling, Mets, weed, donuts, like whatever. doesn't matter. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I love it, man. And, uh, and, and thank you guys for, uh, for having me on. You guys have been not only tremendous sponsors, tremendous podcasters. I, I think I feel like it's safe to say friends at this point. I think so, too. And you tell Strangler Steve that he is welcome <laughs> on this show. And I'm going to break my daughter's piggy bank to make sure we can pay this man. Because that beard alone deserves at least $5 to get on the show. 
Yes, the beard. The beard is it's it's coming back in. He cut it a while back, but now I I told him this week we sat down to do hashtag WLR, and I was like, it's looking grizzly again. And he's like, oh, is it? Like he got all excited, and then and then he stole my my gimmick where he pouted about not being on the Voices of Misery podcast, and now it appears you're going to give him his way. I don't I don't appreciate you enabling the stranglers. <laughs> You're not going to appreciate this. I did lie. I have one last question. I was scribbling down. Uh, Mary, fuck, kill. Oh, God. Oh, I Hil- always love these. Oh, God. Hillary Clinton, Michael slash Michelle Obama, and Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Hillary, Pocahontas, uh, and Michael, Michelle Obama. I'm going to kill Hillary Clinton. With my bare hands, and I'm gonna laugh, <laughs> and then the rest really won't matter. Uh, I'm gonna fuck Michelle just to see what's going on down there, and then, uh, and I'm gonna marry Pocahontas. <laughs> oh, I love it, man! You can further water down your Indian heritage <laughs> with your oh with your children. Yes, yeah, she'll be one 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 two thousand forty eighth Native American. Yeah. Uh, that also happens to be her chances of winning the election. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Bello, thank you for coming on the Voices Guys, of Thank podcast. you. It's been a yeah, very long time coming, my friend. It has. This is this is so much fun, really. Thank you guys so much and uh thank you for being sponsors and i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking now uh, i feel like i have to just stop or i'll keep going really guys thank thank you so much this was fun and uh be sure to keep subscribed over here voices of misery.podbean.com all right brother have a good night my friend you too guys bye Yes, it is I, Bin Hameen, commanding all of you to join the wrestling revolution, the underground of media, and follow our brothers at Voices of Misery on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast because they support HackerHameen.Podbean.com and you will go support VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com because there is no more misery when you leave those FM Mark channels and you join the media underground of Voices of Misery and HackerHameen.Podbean.com. Rise and praise, y'all. <laughs>